So is that good? Yeah, so I'm not going to ask for hands who hasn't read their Bible this week, but <laughs> um, you're going to get a lot of Bible, and so I'm just going to go through. The way I like to talk, and I've been married to Eb for three weeks now, and she knows this full well, the way I like to talk is I just talk around a subject for like as long as I can. And I realize I'm the talker in this relationship. I, I feel like I just keep talking. And I go, Eb, do you know what I mean? And then I'll just keep talking. And then she's like, yeah, I got it, like the first point. Um, and so <laughs> I, like, I, like to, I like to paint pictures when I talk. And rather than just, Eb will say this much, and then it means that much. But I say this much, and it means that much. So it's, it's a confusing thing. But um, yeah, exactly. We balance each other out. And so I like to, I, my, I, I could say this whole sermon in, four points, right? And I could just give it to you and drop the mic and some of you would love that. Um, but, but, you know, I like to paint a picture because I really want you to just grasp it for yourself. And rather than me just telling you how it is, I just paint a picture through, um, through the Gospels, through, uh, through the Bible and just show you something. And I just hope that you see it for yourself by the end of it. That's the way I like to talk. Um, and so I hope it's helpful and I hope, hope it's fun and... Um, I've done my best, so let's just... Okay, so today I want to talk about this kind of word that I had. Oh, you've already popped it up. Thanks, Shane. Um, (laughs) This word I've kind of had in my heart actually for most of the year. I've just kind of had this sort of sense in in my heart when I just just think about what God's doing and what God wants to do in my life personally and what God just wants to do. And it's just on this topic of a new way, okay? Okay. And who knows that God is about, he's taking you from one season in your life, where you, wherever you are, and he's all about, what I found in God is he, there's always another step. You know, until the day, until the day that we're, we all die here, um, God's got something new for us. God's got something else he wants to, us to walk in. And that, you know, part of that is just the beauty of life. And part of that is just, that's just how... Um, that's our privilege of being alive is that God calls us to the next thing. And then part of it is also so that we continue to trust in God. Because who knows if we just plateau at a level, then we, we stay at a level where we don't have to trust God. We don't have to trust other people. We don't have to keep on developing. And so my prayer for myself and for you guys is that you're going to be developing for the rest of your life. As long as you've got uh, oxygen in your lungs, that you're just going to keep on developing, you know, that habit that you can't seem to break, that you'll be able to break out of that, that the mindset, that the, the way you keep thinking about yourself, that, hey, you're going to rise to a new level and um, you're not going to be the same. Who doesn't, I don't want to be sa- the same as I am today in 10 years. I want to look back and go, wow, I've changed, you know, and I can see that in my life, like, you don't, trust me, you don't want the old me. If I was... <laughs> If I was up here preaching right now, which is fine because that was the season I was in, but my prayer and my hope is that we'll all keep on encouraging each other to the next level, you know, and that's what it's about, you know, that's, that's why we're here. I, I was going to say this at the end, but I'll just say it now. Um, uh, I see church like, I, I got this picture in my head this week of this is what church is like. It's a team huddle, okay? And I got this picture of, you know, before a game? where everyone gets in and the coach is yelling and people are like, um, what's the word, skitzing each other up, getting each other. That's what we used to say. Um, what, what's the new term? Yeah, getting lit, I don't know. What was that? Yeah, the revving each other up. You know, and that's what I see church as. You know, it's not, it's not just about to come, tick the box and go home. It's about, hey, let's get together in a circle and, you know, we're going to have 
our, our coach yelling at us and going, this is going to happen and you're going to do this. And, you know, and it's about a team huddle and um, let's all just lean in. Let's all, let's all feel like that today, that we're in a circle. And hey, I just want to encourage you guys today for whatever, whatever God's called you to do, okay? Um, I'm not here to preach about myself or anything. I just want this to be like that. And I, th- I think that's a cool way to view church, isn't it? You know, because who knows, this, um, oh, I asked someone to come to church, hey, you come to church? Oh, no, I've got to do this. And I'm saying, it's only an hour and a half. But um, that's what I said back to him. But, <laughs> um, but who knows that most of our life is lived outside these walls, right? And so may, this, may we just lean in this time. It's only an hour and a half, you know, this whole, this whole service. So let's just lean in together and encourage each other in the faith so that we can get out and make a difference in our world. Because 99.9% of our day is spent outside of these walls. And I think God... Um, God loves these moments, and these are so important, you know, to, to refocus us, to get encouragement. Um, so let's make the most of this so that we can make a bigger difference in our world. And as look around, there's so many gifted and talented people in their own um, sphere that God's put them in. And so, you know, there's so many cool, awesome people in, in our church and all the different spheres of life um, that we're influencing, all the people that, you know, I would never be able to meet, you know. And, and, and God's got them in your world. So, um, yeah. Anyway, so I just want to talk about this new way, right? And so there's always a wrestle. I'm, I've, got, I've got points, but we'll just see where we get to because I don't want to talk too long. Um, I'm just going to have a quick drink. But there's always... I'll leave the lid open so I can just... Um, there's always a battle between the old and the new. Um, there's always like, I don't know if you ever find it, whenever you go to do something new, there's always like resistance. There's always going to take effort. There's always going to be something that's almost feels like stopping you. If you want to stay the same, if you want to be the same forever, you're going to find no resistance and you're going to have a, you're going to be, I'm going to say, do you need any prayer? No, I don't need any prayer. And you're going to be probably relatively happy for your whole days because you're going to have no resistance. Um, but as soon as you want to take a next step in life, as soon as you want to do something new, there's always going to be a battle. There's always going to be um, effort. There's always going to be something um, that, that pushes against it, right? And, you know, like, there's always that struggle between the old and the new. And that's something we see throughout Scripture is this battle between what was old and what, what, God, what God wants to do that's new, right? That's just a thing. Do you all agree? You've all seen that in your own life. And if you don't believe me, if you, did you know if you put an old piece of fruit in a bowl of new fruit, it's going to make the new fruit rot faster because there's a gas, uh, I read it down, it's called ethylene gas, and it actually causes the other fruit to rot faster. And so who knows that sometimes we can have an old spirit in our heart and we're going to, ha- we're going to have old ways and old attitudes and old, old thinking in our life. And, you know, that can actually spoil the new thing that God wants to do in your life. And um, so, yeah, so I'm going to go to the Bible. Luke 5, verse 36 to 39. I'll read off the screen. Everyone give Shano a clap. He's doing awesome this morning. I think it's his first time on AV. What a legend. Look at him. What was that? Yeah, look how easy it is. If you want to join the AV team, contact Riley Stuckings. No, he's not here anymore. Um, He also told them a parable. No one tears a piece from a new garment and puts it on an old garment. If he does, he would tear the new and the piece from the new will not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the new wine will burst the skins and it will be, next verse, destroyed. But 
But new wine must be put into fresh wineskins, and no one after drinking old wine desires the new facet. He says the old is good. And so I just love this verse. It just talks about how the new and the old often are not, incomp- are not compatible. They're incompatible in what God wants to do in your life. And they're just, it's just a, it's a theme in Scripture is just this battle between the old and the new and how if God sometimes tries to do a new thing in your life, but you're still thinking the old way, you're not going to be able to sustain the new thing that God wants to do. And I believe that's, what, that's part of the reason why God wants to raise our level of thinking and take us to the next level and bring new thinking in our life and bring new um, ways into our world is so that we can sustain the new thing that God wants to do in your life. Like I said, I've just got, I've just got married and if I kept the same way of thinking when I was single, um, I wouldn't be able to sustain marriage. You know, if I, if I still did... If I still operated in the way I did when I was single, I, it wouldn't be long before our um, marriage would, um, what do you call it, destroy, I guess, destroy it, self-destruct, <laughs> because God requires and life requires a new way. How exciting for Morrison and Steph, they're about to get married soon. Oh, where's Morrison? Oh, he's always, where is he? He's still living the single life out the back. Um, so yeah, it just, it's human nature. We tend to roll back um, into, old, into factory settings, like into, into, the, into the way we were before. And it's just, it's really easy for that to happen. Um, so Romans 8 verse 15 says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. So if you do not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. And so... Um, so the encouragement there is don't fall back. Hey, let's not fall back to the way things were. Let's not fall back to who we used to be. Um, you know, let's uh, pursue, like what Kaf was talking about this morning, who we are in Christ. Um, so the, uh, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17. So I'm just going to go through a few couple of scriptures. Therefore, if anyone's, anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And Philippians 3, verse 12 to 16. Not that I have already obtained this, I love this scripture, or am already perfect, but I, which is Paul, press on to make it my own because Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I love this verse. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if anyone think of you otherwise, any of you, any, in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold um, true to what we have attained. So I love that. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God. Who knows that going uphill is a lot harder than, like I said, just going a plateau. And I believe that's, that's the call that God has for each of you is, hey, there's an upward call. There's, there's, a, there's a new day ahead. There's something, there's another mountain to be conquered. You know, I know Rosie and Dean have had a baby recently. Hey, that's a new mountain. You know, and if you guys still lived in the way before you had a baby, um, it, it wouldn't sustain this new life, right? <laughs> 
you guys have to now consider how are we going to bring Lucy along? You know, how are we going to, we've got to bring the pram. We've got to, there's going to be an adjustment. I heard you guys are going to have to get a new car because, you know, might have more kids. And, you know, there's an adjustment that takes place. And there's a, there's a new way of operating when new life is, um, new life comes. And, yeah, uh, Dean, I, I, I just, I'm just going to say it now. I think you're going to be an awesome dad. I just, I just wanted to say it to you, encourage you. I think you are an awesome dad. And I think, um, you know, God's gifted you in that. And so just be confident. Hey, I'm a dad. And just rise to that. Um, so <laughs> uh, Romans 12 verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. So don't be conformed to this world. It's just that thinking, hey? Be transformed into the uh, renewal of your mind. Ephesians 4, verse 20 to 24. But that is not the way you learn Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him, as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. It's just that again. Hey, I, I think God's got a new way for each of you to walk in. You know, whatever that looks like. I think God's got something new for you. And I, and I just encourage you just to put off, like it says, put off your old self, the old ways. You know, um, and God's got something new for you. Um, yeah. <laughs> It's just, it, it's just awesome. It's throughout the whole scripture, we'll, we'll go another one. This is, this, is one of my, this is one of my favorite kind of Bible stories. And it's probably the most well-known is when uh, the Israelites, Moses, plagues, Red Sea, parting, that whole story, right? And it's about God taking the, the people of God out of slavery and, you know, into the promised land, right? And that whole transition there. And so <laughs> I... There's a certain point where they wanted to go back into slavery. And, you know, that just so depicts human nature, you know. Um, but uh, we'll just read it and I'll talk about it. Roman, uh, sorry, Numbers 14, verse 1 to 4. Then all the congregation ra- raised a loud cry and all the people wept that night. And all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt or would that we had died in this wilderness? Next. Um, why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become a prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to one another, let us choose a leader. So Moses, we're sick of you. And let's go back to Egypt. Let's go back, let's go, let's go back into slavery. Let's go back to the way things were. And I think that just depicts human nature. You know, I love reading the Old Testament and the, and the Israelites and it just, I just see myself in, in these stories of these um, often dumb um, people, it seems like, you know, but it just, it just so depicts human nature. Um, Galatians 5 verse 1, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Um, and so it's just that whole God's got freedom in front of us. God's got amazing new things. And for some reason, we prefer, maybe it's the comfort of the way things were. Maybe it's um, just the known. You know, I got a, when I got a tattoo of uh, my wife's initial, which is E, um, on my ring finger because I kept on losing my rings. <laughs> um, 
you know, the guy said, oh, he looked at me and he, could, he was a really big guy and he had a, you know, a sharp thing. And so I was nervous, you know, I've never got a tattoo before. And he looked at me, he's like, oh, you're nervous. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> this is a really big, scary guy, you know, all up in an unknown place. And um, he was, had a sharp thing, you know, and he's like doing something in the corner, like just waiting for me to come over. And he asked, am I nervous? And I'm like, yeah. And I was like, my hands were shaking. And, um, and he goes, it's the great unknown, right? And I'm like, yeah, I guess so. That's why, you know. And I think it is, it, it's when you do something new, there's that fear, right? And so even if you know it's going to be awesome, I, I, it's just that fear that often holds us back. And we, we would prefer to sometimes retreat into the way things were, even if it was worse, because, it was, because it's a known thing, because it's known. And we, it's just something about human nature we don't like. We get to a certain, it's funny, because kids, they love checking things out. They just, you know, you put a kid down when he first turns to walk, what's that? Bang, hits his face, you know? And uh, there's somewhere along the journey that somehow we think we've reached it and we think we've made it and we think we've discovered enough. But let's not, like I said, let's not do that until the day we die. You know, there's, there's something new ahead of us and let's not let the fear of the unknown um, hold us back and, and make us go back into how we used to do things. And, may, you know, a practical thing, maybe it's the way you spend money. You know, you might, there might have been a way you spent money when you were a kid. Like when I used to get pocket money, Oh, you know, actually, we didn't get pocket money. We weren't that rich. Um, <laughs> how did I get money? I started working. And I would get, you know, 50 bucks for working for a day. And then I'll just go spend it all on lollies. And it's all gone, right? Who, who used to do that? Yeah. No. Okay. No one. <laughs> I used to spend it all on lollies. Whatever your spending habits were. And, you know, now I own a business, right? And if I, spent, if I, if I treated money the same way as I used to treat it, it would, my business would be gone like that, right? And so that's obviously a very big contrast. But there's little things, little spending habits. There's little um, ways that I, I believe God's calling us up a level, right? Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So I th- d- does that make sense? Everyone's keen for the new? Say, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So this kind of leaves, this kind of leaves a big gaping question. Okay, we all want the new. We all want the, the thing that God has for us. But how, right? It's how is this going to happen? What, 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 do we, what do we need to do? Is it just do I need to try more? Do I need to, you know, um, just wake up earlier and give it some more effort? Do I, you know, need to maybe just, just I don't know, clench my teeth and just give it a bit more? But, and maybe, like I think it's, it's going to take more effort, 100%. But I think there's, there's another key in, in it for us of how to get into this new, what we're going to do um, to get there, okay? And so, and I believe it's not so much a what, but a who. And obviously, I think the key ingredient of walking into this new is God, right? God's got to get us there. Like, um, I'm not going to be able to step into, the, like the Israelites, when they were faced with the Red Sea, they weren't, you know, maybe a couple of them could swim. Maybe they could build a boat. You know, maybe they could have built a big ark boat and paddled across. But, you know, it's going to take the impossible. And, and so, yeah, let's get to the Red Sea. Let's do what we can. Let's muster up the troops. Let's, you know, get to the edge. And um, when God provides a way, let's walk through. But it's going to take the impossible. You know, it's impossible for us in our own strength to break out of old habits, to, um, to do this thing, right? 
of even what I'm saying. We're just going to fall right back to where we were, 100%. You might, get, you might go for a couple of weeks and that'd be good. But for real lasting change, I believe it's going to be God and I believe it's going to be the Holy Spirit who's going to work in and through us to do this. So God, sorry, I just kind of blew it there. The key ingredient of God. But God meets us and works in us and does this new work in and through us by his Holy Spirit. That's um, in the Bible that, and in our lives, that's, what, that's how God meets with us. Is he, is he, he's not just out there and he's not just the creator, but he actually wants to breathe his spirit into us and do a new work in the inside of us. Okay, So Titus 3 verse 5, He saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal, here we go, of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so this is the key ingredient. Um, this is the key person. You know, we can get other people around us, but if we don't have the Holy Spirit, we're going to fall flat on our face. Um, Romans 8 verse 11 says, If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. So there's... This is that whole thing. So if we want this new, it's going to take the Holy Spirit. I believe the key for God to do this new work in us and through us is the Holy Spirit and our ability to make room for the Holy Spirit in our lives. So for Jesus even to compete his ministry. So Jesus, you know, son of God, had a job to do, right? And I forgot his exact age, 30, um, when he begun his ministry. And... um, you know, for him to do what he had to do, he needed the Holy Spirit. And so how much more we do, and because we're not perfect, we're just people, we're just humans, but he was God and he needed the Holy Spirit to complete his mission. How much more do we need the Holy Spirit to complete what God's called us to do? Because we're, we're fallible, we're, you know, we make mistakes every day. And so uh, Matthew 3, verse 16 to 17. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with who I am well pleased. So there's the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on Jesus. And then the trouble, I guess the trouble, and this is this whole um, friction between the old and the new, is as soon as Jesus was anointed of God and the Spirit of God came on him. Guess what happened next? Some resistance. So <laughs> chapter 4, which is the very next verse. Then, so straight after this, Jesus was let, led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Amen. I'm, after fasting 40 minutes, I'm hungry. Um, and the, <laughs> the tempter came to him and said to him, if you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. So how's this? Even Jesus, he's about to step into his calling. He's, he's like, all right, this is my moment. The Holy Spirit, I've just been, you know, confirmed by God that this is my mission. You know, I'm, I'm the Son of God. I'm just about to step into the new. And guess what happens? Resistance, right? The devil tried to tempt him. The devil tried to stop what he was about to do. And so that's, don't be surprised if, if, if you're going to make a stand and you're going to say, hey, I'm going to start saving. I'm going to start be better with my money. Don't be surprised if a, a few things happen, um, <laughs> you know, before you get to the next thing. Um, don't be surprised, you know, if you're, gonna, if you're a kid in school and you start, I don't want to go out and drink with my friends, that you're going to get a bit of backlash. That's just going to, it's, it's going to happen, I promise you, um, that as soon as you want to start making some changes, as soon as you start wanting to go on this upward calling of Christ, 
there's going to be um, some resistance. But that's okay because you're going to get through it. Um, because the, the same Holy Spirit that got on him and, and, and showed him who he was is the same Holy Spirit that's going to get you through. Um, <laughs> I, lo- I love, the Holy Spirit's awesome. And if you read scripture, you really get to have a picture of him. And one early picture I had of the Holy Spirit, and I still, I still see it, you know, somewhat true, is uh, two of my favorite childhood shows. Um, one of them was called Banana Man. Who remembers Banana Man? Yeah, when Eric eats a banana, an amazing transformation occurred. Eric is Banana Man. And he went from this little boy, ate a banana, to this big, strong dude who flew around the world. I love that intro. It got me pumped up. Five-year-old Ryan was like, yeah, Banana Man. I used to eat bananas all the time. And um, yeah, it didn't happen though. <laughs> um, and one of my other favorite childhood shows, Dragon Ball Z. Who loves Dragon Ball Z? Yeah, no? <laughs> I love Dragon Ball Z. We used to have to leave Borley Point at 8 a.m. And that's when the show started. So we used to have to tape it you know, in the old cassettes, and then we could watch it that afternoon. And it was awesome. There's a point in, the, you know, Dragon Ball Z is awesome, but the real reason it's awesome, and the only reason kids loved it, is because they went super Saiyan. You know, they went, they, went, they went from who they were, and then this, like, yellow glow went around them, and that, they were like, ah, and then that was super Saiyan. I'm getting all these blank, blank, all these blank stares. It was awesome. They went from just, like, you know, kind of standard to, like, really strong, and they could, like, beat things and you know and we see we actually see this in scripture um this guy called Samson this guy called Samson right uh, it's amazing Judges 14 and 15 go read it you'll you'll it'll blow your mind um it, it, he, basically Samson turns super same and it, and this, when the spirit of God comes in so if, uh Judges 15 when he came to Lehi. The Philistines came shouting to meet him. Then the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him, and the ropes that were in his arms became as flax. That has caught fire, and his bonds melted off his hands. And I love this. And he found a fresh jawbone of a donkey, and put out his hand and took it, and with it he struck a thousand men. He just went nuts. He went super saiyan, got a jawbone of a donkey, had some creative ideas there, and um, struck a thousand men. And you know, so without the Holy Spirit, he was just Samson and probably pretty good looking but when the Holy Spirit was on him he could do things he couldn't do and that's you know like Banana Man or Dragon Ball Z uh, um, yeah and, and that's what the God wants to do for you is that the Holy Spirit is on, on you so that you can do what you can't do by yourself so Galatians 5 verse 16 but I say walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. How much did I put up of this? Um, for those, these are opposed to each other to keep you doing fr- the things you want to do. Is that all I've got? Yeah. Um, there we go. So even the disciples, um, before they went out into all the world to fulfill the great permission, Jesus said to them that they need the Holy Spirit. So Luke 24 verse 49 and behold, I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. So he said, you know, this is like after the, he, they got the great commission. Hey, go out into all the world. Um, heal the sick. Do this. Do that. Um, make a massive difference in this world. But wait. It says, stay into the city until you are clothed on power from on high. So it's just in Scripture that in order for us to fulfill God's word and what he wants to do in our life and he wants to do in our world, that's what it's about, is that we're going to need some power. We're going to need the Holy Spirit to do this. 
um, through us. So John 14, verse 15 to 17. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So that's the Holy Spirit. Um, I, was, I was doing some research on the book of Acts, and I've got this, um, it's like an app, and it's called Theos U, and it's awesome. It's um, run by these dudes called Nathan and Gabriel Finocchio, and um, they're hilarious, but they're like, uh, what's the word where you, they're like, where you really know scripture? Theologian. Like, they're crazy, and, they, and they're young guys, but they, they know a lot, and um, they go through all the books of the Bible, and it's just awesome, but you know, I, was, I wanted to research on Acts. What's, what's the book of Acts about? And Acts is actually, it's the Acts of the Apostles, but it's also the theme of it is the Acts of the Holy Spirit. That's actually the theme of, of the book. And I was just, I was just um, listening to him talk on it. And this is an awesome quote. Without the Holy Spirit, they could be nothing, the disciples. So uh, without the Holy Spirit, they could be nothing like Jesus. And with the Holy Spirit, nothing would be impossible for them. He also said... This is Gabriel Finocchio. Um, the gospel is the key to the kingdom and the Holy Spirit is the key to the gospel. The Holy Spirit illuminates the gospel and is the power of God. I love it. So Acts 1 verse 8, which is the key scripture. Um, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you'll be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So when my Holy Spirit has come upon you. So that's the, that's the key, right? Um, yeah, so the disciples were going to be these ministers. These going to be, they were going to go out into all the world and preach the gospel, but they needed the Holy Spirit. And, you know, that's, that's what God wants to do in us, I believe. Um, and when God created man at the start of uh, creation in Genesis, um, he actually breathed life into humans. And um, when we come to know Jesus and we, uh, when we're reborn, when we're born again, um, God actually wants to breathe his Holy Spirit and bring, bring us to life again. So I love the parallels there. So Genesis 2 verse 7. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living creature. And Jesus, and Jesus also breathed on his disciples to receive the Holy Spirit. How cool is this? In John 20, Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I'm sending you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. And, you know, before the man in Genesis could do anything, could, he was just a pile of dust, right? He was just a, a you know, pile of dirt on the, on the clay. He was basically clay on the ground. And, but then when God spoke to, uh, breathed in him, then he could come alive and then he could do stuff. And I, I believe that's the same picture of what God wants to do in our hearts. You know, we can be... We can be alive in that sense of, hey, I'm walking around, I'm doing stuff, but we can be dead on the inside. We can be old in our thinking. And I believe the Holy Spirit is that, that new breath, you know, that's going to breathe into us and cause us to be able to do things we can't do. Um, and on the day of Pentecost, when the Spirit came, it came like a, a, a breath, didn't it? It came like a sound of a rushing wind, a Russian wind. I don't know, they've got Russian, in, Russian winds in Russia, but... <laughs> Um, so how do we receive the Holy Spirit? Okay. Um, and then I'm, I'm about to finish up, but so Acts verse eight, 
Now, when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen on any of them. So, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, when Simon saw that the Spirit was given through the laying on of hands, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, so that anyone whom I lay hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter basically rebukes him and says, May your silver perish with you, because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. And you have neither part nor lot in this matter, for your heart is not right. Repent, therefore, of this wickedness of yours, and pray to the Lord that, if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven for you. For I see that you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. And Simon answered, Pray for me <laughs> to the Lord that nothing of what you've said may come upon me. Um, you know, this is quite, this is, it was quite a strong rebuke, right? But I, I think it's awesome because it kind of sets, there's no formula for the Holy Spirit. You know, we can't, you know, click our fingers and the Holy Spirit comes and then bam, you know, there's no formula. But I love it. Um, here, oh, who was speaking? Whoever was speaking, um, oh, Peter. So um, Peter sets some boundaries, right? You know, like it's, he sets some kind of, some parameters around the Holy Spirit. Yeah, there's no formula, but there are parameters around the way the Holy Spirit works. And that's why, so the first thing is the Spirit, if you're taking notes, I don't know, the Spirit of God is not earned, okay? So that's the first thing, it's not earned. And that's, that's the key kind of thing in here is that this guy wanted to buy it. You know, just wanted to earn his way. Oh, what do I, okay, if I buy that, can I get it? And then I can do that. You know, it's not something that we earn. It's, he said, don't try and buy. It's the gift of God. You know, it's a gift. The Holy Spirit is a gift. God actually wants to give his spirit to you. It's nothing we can earn. We can't, we can't if we just be good enough, then we can achieve the Holy Spirit. No, it's the other way around. It's an act of humility. It's an open hand. It's where, hey, God, I need the Holy Spirit. And God actually wants to give you the Holy Spirit. So Luke 11 verse 13 says just this, If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? He's like our Father. He wants to give us the Spirit. And so the, the first key is that the Spirit of God isn't earned. We can't buy it. We can't, we can't make our way to it. It's an act of humility of God, I want it. And um, I pray that you would give me the Holy Spirit. And God's going to give it to you. First key. Second is the Spirit of God is imparted. So from these verses, so the Spirit of God is imparted in community. So um, the laying on of hands is a New Testament principle. And, you know, I believe this is one of the most important things about the Holy Spirit. Yes, I believe that, you know, the Holy Spirit can meet you when you're out in your car, 100%. You know, by yourself on a hill, do it. Jesus did that. But I think one of the important things we see in Scripture is that the Holy Spirit moves in community. It's throughout about, you know, they would lay hands on people and then they would receive the Holy Spirit. You know, um, like I was saying that church is like a group huddle. Let's, let's, let's gather together. Let's, let's be people who are leaning in together because we need each other. We need, we need the Holy Spirit and we need to, um, it sounds weird, but give the Holy Spirit to each other. Um, but it's, it's, it's the Spirit of God is imparted in community. You know, um, this, yeah. Uh, so Acts 19, 
And it happened while Paulus was at Corinth. Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples and said to them, Did you receive the Spirit when you believe? And they said, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, Into what were you baptized? They said, Into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one um, who was to come after him, that is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. And they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. Oops, I just did something. Page six. Yeah, and so it's, it's in community, isn't it? It's we need each other. We need to be praying for each other. And so I don't want you, any of you guys to be out there by yourself and just living a lonesome life. Like, because chances are you might miss the Holy Spirit. I might just say that. But... Often in scripture, it's, it's in community. It's when people get together, you know, um, which leads to my next point. Um, I believe that the Spirit of God is attracted to unity. Um, so Acts 2 verse 1 to 2, this is awesome. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mushing, a mushing, a mighty rush, a, there's the Russian wind, a mighty Russian wind. Rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. You know, I love this verse. It doesn't say they were at home by themselves and, you know, a droplet came on their forehead. You know, they were, they were, which might happen, but they were together in one place. And I love that. It's, it's that picture of um, they're all in one place. And, you know, I looked up. I just wanted to just go, okay, were they just there? Like, okay, they're all in one place. Big whoop. You know, like, is that really a key for the Holy Spirit? So I just dug into it, and I looked in the Greek of the word in one place, which I'm not going to try and pronounce, but he basically, it basically means, uh, I read that is, it is often meaning of his own accord, okay? So in one place means of his own accord. And what I love about this is that this shows that they were together, but of each one's own accord. So what that means is they all wanted to be there. Like they all had that in their heart. They weren't obligated to be there. They weren't told by me, you know, texting my friend, you better be here this morning. He's not here. But, um, you know, they were, there was no obligation. It was, it was of their own accord they were in one place. That, and, you know, another translation says together in one accord, which is great. But I love the picture of that they all wanted to be there. They all had decided in their heart, hey, I'm, I'm going to the house of God. I'm going to the upper room. You know, um, Sally might not come with me. <laughs> I don't know why I said that, but I'm going there. You know, and I love, Blake is an awesome guy and he shared his um, story about him. I hope you don't mind me sharing this, about when you first come to church, you were there and it was a rainy day and you, you, you knew you had to go to church. You, you, I remember you telling me that you just didn't want to buy, be by yourself and hey, I need to be around people. And he made the decision. He walked in the rain. And he came here for the first time. And he's been, it's, it's awesome. It was of his own accord, right? And may each of us bring that spirit that, hey, I want to be here. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, because I, I believe that's what the Holy Spirit's attracted to. And that's why he came. Because all, they all didn't need to be there. You know, like they, they were all there because Jesus said, hey, the Holy Spirit's going to come. And, and then they actually were there on one accord. They're on their own accord, but together. And I love that. It's a personal decision. It's a hard attitude. Um, so, and, so I'm wrapping up, but four, faith makes way. Faith makes way for the Holy Spirit. 
So believing in Jesus and who he is will make way for the Holy Spirit in your life. Um, so when you pray, don't just pray. Don't just say the words, but believe. You know, when we, when we ask for the Holy Spirit, don't just ask for it, but believe. And I believe faith will almost create the vacuum in your life that will make way for the presence of God. Um, and I'm not going to go into scriptures there. but So, yeah, number five is pray. Really simple. So Acts 4 verse 31, And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. So as I said, there's no formula. You know, these aren't do this. You know, God isn't transactional. He's relational, and he's looking to each of our hearts. You know, and so may, it's not if I pray, then I get the Holy Spirit, and then I can go do that. It's, it's a relationship. But let's be a people of prayer. You know, there's just countless stories when they're praying, the Holy Spirit would come. And so let's, let's be found praying, you know. Um, so what now? What happens when we receive the Holy Spirit? Um, so we wanted the new. How do we get the new? By the Holy Spirit. But then now that we've got the Holy Spirit, <laughs> what happens? Right? So I just want to quickly just go through that. So first of all, the Holy Spirit produces holiness. So I love this. The gift of the Holy Spirit produces fruit. So the gift, which we can't earn, actually produces this holiness. Um, you can start playing. Yeah, that'd be nice. Nice little. Um, so I love this. That the Holy. So often, even the world gets it wrong. Is that we think if we get our lives sorted and if we get all our issues um, sorted out and we get you know all our checks in balance and you know we stop doing this and stop doing that then um, we can live this life of holiness. But I believe it's the other way around is, God, we need you. I need the Holy Spirit. You know, I love these stories about when they're saying, have you been baptized? I didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. I need it, you know. I need the Holy Spirit. And it's, it's out of that humility, then God's going to produce um, fruit in your life. God's going to produce um, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generous, faithfulness, and self-control. He's going to produce those things in you. And I love, that's the, that's, the epitome of the gospel, I love that, is that it's, it's that way. It's not we bring our righteousness and then God gives us a big chick, you know, and, and, but actually we bring ourselves, we bring our broken ourselves, our real selves, and God's going to actually develop holiness in you. It's not in our own accord. It's not by our own strength. Um, so Ephesians 4, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God Christ, God in Christ forgave you. So we can grieve the Holy Spirit by the way we live. You know? And so may, as we receive the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit should produce godliness. God, the Holy Spirit will take us on a journey of um, redemption and, um, and bring us into holiness. So I love that. The, the second thing is the Holy Spirit, once we've got the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit gives us gifts. This is, this is one of the awesomest. I love God. God is amazing. Um, the Holy Spirit gives us gifts. So in brackets, the gift of the Holy Spirit produces gifts. And I love this, is that God doesn't just give us the Holy Spirit and then, you know, we're just up in the upper room just going, oh, the Holy Spirit. And, you know, oh, shabba ba And that's it. That's all we do, you know, which is great. I hope you, I 
pray that each of us have a real encounter with God, you know, whether it's at church and, you know, by yourself and may we, may we encounter the presence of God. But, you know, the, God's going to produce holiness in your life, character, good character. He's going to produce that in your life, but he's also going to give you gifts. And, you know, the, do you know what happens when you have a gift? You're going to have to get to work. And so God gives us gifts to actually serve each other. God gives us gifts to make a difference in this world. And so that's where the work comes in. So we all have a gift. I believe that we're all gifted by God for something. There's something that you're gifted for. And so how, how do you recognize your gift? I believe that your gift is what is serving others. So our gift is always about serving others. You know, we can make our gift about ourselves and how great we are, but truly our gift is about how are we serving others? And there's so many practical things. Um, I'll just, I'll flick through this. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols. However, you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one says Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. So I love this. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but in the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. Come on, the wise people. And to another, the utterance of knowledge, um, according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by this one spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Um, and then 1 Corinthians 12 says, Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing, do all speak to tongues, do all interpret, but earnestly desire the higher gifts. And, I'll sh and still I'll show you a more excellent way. Okay, this is, I just love this. Um, so there is one body and one spirit where is it? In Ephesians. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and one Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. And then Romans 12. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you to not think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to his measure of faith that God has assigned. Um, for as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace that God has given us. Let them use them, if prophecy, in proportion to our faith. I love this one. This is a, this is a gift, if service. You know, if you're just good at serving people, however that looks, it might be food, it might be just offering a help, giving someone a lift. You know, like these are all amazing gifts. Oh, cool, it's up there. These are gifts of the Spirit. And these are very practical gifts, you know. In our serving, 
the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes. Hey, are you contributing to those around you? Are you contributing in church to your family, to um, the family of faith? Let's be one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who, who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Um, I just love that, is that the Holy Spirit wants to come in your life and not just so you have a, you know, get goosebumps in a, in a church service one day, but that, so we can, we can make a difference in our world so that we, make, we, can, we can do acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So we can be out there in the world making, making a difference. And um, I love that. And it's, it's going to look different for each and every one of you. And that's the most important thing is to recognize, hey, where am I serving? What, what, is, what, what makes me come alive? And what, what, how has God called me to do that? So yeah, uh, yeah, church is like a team huddle, right? It's, um, it's, it's us getting together and recognizing the gifts in each other, you know? Um, recognizing that Sarah is prophetic. You know, she's an amazing um, prophetic lady. And, you know, Josh, uh, what was it recently? Patrick recognized the gift of healing in Josh, you know, and um, we're believing that for Josh is that, hey, he's going to see amazing healings. So if you need, if you're sick, let's go, go ask Josh. You know, there's different, there's, different, um, there's different graces on people's life and it's all going to work together for, it says, the common good. It's going to work together for the good of our community. It's going to work together for the good of each other, you know. We're going to be able to serve each other. We're going to be able to operate in our gifts. You know, Ruby's, Ruby's one of those people who has too many gifts, you know. She just focused on one. She might be <laughs> even further. But, you know, she's an awesome photographer. She's, um, she's just a great friend, you know. Um, so every, every single person here has, has, has a way that God's designed them. And I believe the Holy Spirit is going to empower that. He's going to drop new gifts into you. You know, you might be, there might be teachers in here that we don't even know. There might be there might be hidden prophets. There might be hidden pastors. You know, there might be hidden chefs who are going to cook up a storm, you know, and going to start. It's, it's going to be amazing. And I believe the Holy Spirit is going to breathe that into you. And so I'm just going to take these next couple of moments. I'm not exactly sure how to do this end part. But I wanted to leave it open for the Holy Spirit to do things in people's lives. And so I don't know how we're going to do this, Sarah, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> awesome. How good was that? You can stay here. Let's stand because I don't think we can talk about the Holy Spirit without giving an opportunity to pray and lay hands, as Ryan said. And it says in 2 Timothy 1, to stir up the gift that is within you through the laying on of hands. So I think it would be great to pray for anyone who maybe has never felt they've had the Holy Spirit, received the Holy Spirit. Uh, it would also be great to pray for so anyone who's maybe feeling a bit dry, as it says in Timothy, um, by the laying on of hands, I want to pray that that gift will be stirred up within you because the Holy Spirit produces fruit and it produces gifts. So we're going to pray that if we're feeling a bit dry or the Holy Spirit's become a bit stagnant, that something's going to stir up within our hearts afresh as, as we receive the Holy Spirit. So we're just going to sing. And I don't know if Ryan wants to say anything else, but come out the front. We would love to pray for you. And um, yes, you can receive the Holy Spirit at home, of course, but there's something really powerful about being together in one heart and one accord, championing one another on laying on hands and stirring up the gift that you can only do together. So um, was there anything else you wanted to add? Yeah. So if, if you, as, we, as we play, if you want to come up and we'll just love, uh, people would love to pr lay hands on you and, you know, um, do that. So let's start singing. <laughs> Smooth. <laughs> 